You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the first of a two-part special that previews the new SWPL1 season, which is commencing this Sunday, the 7th of August. To help us count down to the new season, we have interviews with players and managers from all 12 clubs that we have split into two episodes. We thank them for giving their time to speak to Dave, Vinny and myself, John. In part one, we hear the thoughts from the five Glasgow sides, Rangers, Glasgow City, Celtic, Partick Thistle and newly promoted Glasgow Girls and Women. We also hear from last season's SWPL 2 champions, Dundee United. First up, we hand over to Dave for an insight from recently crowned SWPL1 champions, Rangers. Good morning, we are here for a Scottish Football Forums podcast. I am David and I'm here with Lizzie Arnott. Lizzie, good morning, how are we today? Morning, I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, pre-season, how's it been for yourself so far? Uh, pre-season, it's been great. Um, yeah, just uh, working hard. Um, we're just gelling as a group, so um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable. You obviously won, you obviously won the, the league last year, was it? Uh, very good achievement for yourselves. How, how have things evolved from winning the league to, to progress to this season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what, uh, having done that, I think we all know that we need to progress from there and we can't just rest on our morals. So I think, um, yeah, we've obviously uh, just tried to um, build the squad and and um, bring in new players. And also, I think as players who won it last year, we know that it's going to be another challenge ahead of us. So, you know, just trying to step up those um little gains that we can uh, try and improve on and, and yeah, just uh, so we can go further as a squad this season. How important was it to get freshness into the squad, especially after the triumphs of last season near Shepherd and all areas of the park as well? Yeah, I think it's always important. I think it, you know, makes sure that we've always got competition um, it keeps everyone on their toes. It keeps people um, thriving to be better and I think that's only healthy for... Um, us as a squad that um, you know we've got fresh faces in and and then um, we can push on from here. You've also got the the Champions League football as well, so it's going to be a, a, a busy time. But it's going to be a positive time for the club as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know um, we're uh, obviously really happy that we got to um, qualify for the Champions League, and it's something that we're all really looking forward to. And it's going to, like you say, be a big challenge for us. Um, you know, a lot of us haven't played in that competition before. So, um, and as a group, obviously, it's all new for us. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. And I think these are the sort of competitions, though, that, you know, as a as a team and, and, and a club like Rangers, you know, we thrive to be in. And, um, yeah, we're just all really looking forward to it. Yeah. When you, when you look at the league as a whole, uh, due to the uh, SPFL coming in now, it's going to be bigger and better there's going to be a lot more quality in the park there's going to be a lot more exposure for, for yourselves and it's going to be a whole lot better phase Yeah 100% I think you know that's we can only ask for that and uh, I think you know for a few years now in Scotland it's it's been needed so um, I think obviously you know we're all grateful here at Rangers that we can be full time and and um, I think you know with other clubs you know getting on board with that it's only going to grow the league and, and make it more competitive so um, it's exciting for, for Scotland and for the league. 
And you've also got other teams you're going to be playing against this season, such as Glasgow Women and Dungeon United, and that'll be pretty positive from your own point of view as well. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's good that uh, new teams are coming up and um, the league's growing and, and and we just hope that, you know, um, it's it's good quality again and, and uh, that it's a competitive season for, for everyone. You play Glasgow Women this Sunday coming and it's it's a game in which you'll be heavy favourites to go win the game, but it's a game you won't underestimate the opposition either. Yeah, exactly. Like like you say, they're they're new to the league, so we don't really know what to expect from them and, and you know, we just prepare for every game the same and you know, we'd never take any team for granted and I think we all know that when teams come and come up against Rangers they always, you know, they'll any team will thrive to, to, to beat us. So um we're just gonna be um preparing as, as normal and, and going with the same focus and, and to win the game. On that point you just raised there, yes, teams will raise their game against Rangers, but for for yourselves, you 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 have the mentality, you 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 get it in a mindset that you want to approach the game and and outpower, out, out jump sorry the opposition, be better than the opposition, and, and make sure that you're you're winning the big games and your mentality is very high. Yeah, exactly, and I think obviously from last year. Everyone bought into that winning mentality, and I think that's something that uh, grows within the squad, and and you can feel that through even staff members and and everything. So, um, yeah, like you say, we 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 obviously are um wanting to be the best every game, and and that's what um you know motivates us that you know that we're having another um season where we're unbeaten. So that's you know we've done it before. So, um, you know it's something that that we can do again. How is how's Glasgow? Because you were in Spain at the weekend. Was it Spain? Yep, yeah, uh, so we're still here now, but um yeah, so it's it's great. Um we're having a great time. Um we just played Atletico yesterday and it was a really good test for us all. Um they're really top side and um I know obviously we lost two 0 but um I think we can take a lot of positives from that and it was really good preparation for us going into the season and especially for Champions League. Um, and just being away as a squad, it's always good for team bonding and I think that's really helped us all come together in, in good time and for the start of the season. The the bread and butter will be the league, but has Malky put any pressure on Cups at all? Um, I mean, I think as a squad we all know that um, it was disappointing not to get any further than we did in the Cups last year and and like we say, we were obviously delighted to win the league and and that's a, obviously a major achievement, but I think being at Rangers, uh, there's no uh, denying that we'll be pushing for all three trophies. And um, yeah, I think as a group collectively, we just know that um, that's the targets. Because you've shown in the league how you can win the one-off big games. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, that it shows a strong mentality from everyone that, you know, we could, we had that consistency and... Um, you know, we we maybe let ourselves down in the cups that um, you know, we didn't we didn't maybe play as well or um, you know, these one off more one off games just um didn't go in our favour and and I think you know we'll look at ourselves as a group collectively and and try and build on that and work on that and um, yeah, it's just obviously something that um you want to be part of finals and and winning trophies. The fact that you're full time uh, or are full time in your own unique way that helps because you'll be playing league, Champions League, league, Champions League, and it's going to take a lot out of you as, as as footballers. Yeah, exactly. I think you know being full time it it changes everything and and it it just 
it's obviously just helps you in every in every way possible in terms of um training recovery support and and you know we're very grateful for that and and I think like you say it's it's massive when you've got a lot of games to play in a season that you know you can just solely focus on on football and making sure you get the best out of everyone in the team and in every game possible. What's been the benefits of your, your trip to Spain so far? Has it been about gelling as a group because you've signed new acquisitions into the squad? Is it about gelling but also getting implemented into what Malky and Kev are looking to install to the team this season? I think there's been a lot of positives. I think, like you say, one of the big ones is gelling as a group. And I think, obviously, when you're in and around training, you still get that. But when you're away, you know, with a with a squad for, for a few days, you definitely get... Um, you know, more time to, you know, just even do activities, things like that. And and I think that really brings the group together. Um, obviously, we've been on the training pitch as well, um, which has been uh, really productive in, in the game, especially. I think that's obviously what we were here to, uh, to do is, is to play is to play Atletico. And, and I think, um, you know, it was a really great occasion for everyone and a real challenge. And I think, you know, mentally and physically, we, we took a lot out of the game. So, um, yeah, a lot of positives for sure. You'll be confident now that that gives you a good stepping stone into the season ahead. Yeah, I think it was great to, you know, finish a, our pre-season with a friendly as challenging as that. And um, like I say, I know we lost, but... I think um, coming up against a top side and especially in this heat as well, I think it showed our fitness levels as a group. And, um, you know, I think uh, going into Champions League, you know, we're going to Greece, so we'll be playing in that that heat. So I think it's just that was a mental barrier for a lot of us. Obviously, you don't get that same heat in Scotland. So, you know, to be able to challenge ourselves um and and to and to play to play well together, uh, and gelling on the pitch, um, it's given us some confidence going into the season for sure. Was the Arnott? Thank you very much. Uh, over to you, Vinny, for the next part of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Great. So it's uh, Vinny here, and absolutely delighted to be joined by one of the new recruits at Glasgow City, Amy Muir. Amy, welcome to Scottish Football Forums podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Brilliant. Brilliant. So I suppose I hit on it just in the introduction there. Uh, new recruit over at Glasgow City. Um, you'd obviously been at Hibs, very successful team in, in Scottish women's football over the last few years. Um, so how did how did that come about? Um, did you know did Eileen Gleeson get in, in touch with you? Your contract was coming to an end and whatnot. So t- tell us how that uh, came about. Yeah, obviously a good um, a good spell, a good three years I had at Hibs and. I really enjoyed my time there and, um, you know, initially moving to Hibs was quite a big decision for me because I had been at Rangers that long and, yeah, as I said, just really enjoyed my time and, yeah, my contract's come to an end and um had a good think about things and I felt I just needed a change, something new, a new challenge and, um, yeah, basically Glasgow City showed interest um, towards the end of my season and I had a conversation with them and I met met with them and met Eileen as well and, um you know, I felt like that was the next step for me and somewhere that I felt like would keep pushing me on and give me great opportunities in the game and yeah, that just felt natural for me to to, to move to there, so here I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And I think that's it's been an interesting journey for you because you were obviously in that set up at Rangers and you, you see how they've gone from strength to strength since moving to f- you know, full time professional for so many of the, the, the players there. Um but you you've had all that first team experience at Hibs now, which is wonderful. So you you're you're now entering into 
um, you know, City again, more, more of a you know, quite a few professional players there now, and and, and it's going to be quite a different setup. How has it been for you settling into that, moving from Hibs to to City? Yeah, in terms of like settling, I actually think it's been quite a quick process for me, which is always good. Uh, I think I knew a lot of the players, which helps, and you know a lot of familiar faces, and probably. Along with that, there was a lot of new signings that have obviously come in that you've just seen, so I wasn't like the only new yeah. person coming in, so that probably helped too. But um, yeah, the process has been really smooth and I've really enjoyed it. And um, a change in terms of the schedule because it's obviously full time football now, so you know, the contact hours and being in during the day and more sessions and a lot more going on within the team has probably helped with settling me as well because we're together as a squad more. Um, so that's obviously been a change, but something that I've I've been really enjoying so far. So yeah, really looking forward to you know really starting the season now. Great. And was there a, like a logistical change for you as well? Were you based in Edinburgh and now you've moved through to Glasgow, or you were you living in between anyway? Or? Yeah, yeah, I was based based in Edinburgh. Um, basically, yeah, since I'd moved, I mean, I was part of the National Performance Academy program yeah. at, at Wall. So uh, my first year there, I was still playing. Rangers so I was kind of living through in Edinburgh but travelling um, and then when I made the move to Hibs I was also already based in Edinburgh so the travelling obviously was cut down and um, the last couple of years as well still being based in, in Edinburgh so yeah that's me moved back through West and I come from there as well so like my, my parents and all that are a bit closer now um, but yeah just a new, a new kind of area to stay in as well so a lot of changes happening but um, no it's nice to kind of be back in the West after being through in Edinburgh for so many years because I'm obviously I'm mostly from here so yeah you don't need to change your accent or anything so it's good <laughs> no <laughs> um, brilliant so pre-season like you said it's it's now it's full-time professionals that you're you're mostly spending time with now is there pre-seasons there's a sort of um historical aspect to the pre-season that it's really super tough and you, uh, you get a lot of players traditionally who didn't come back fit and whatnot but it's not really so much like that these days players tend to look after themselves in the summer breaks and whatnot but how, how's it been for you um just even even from that full-time perspective have you noticed a difference yeah I definitely noticed a difference in terms of you know what's kind of been asked of you and um I think in terms of being part of that academy program that I spoke about before the training there was put in place so that when as players that weren't professional where we're still getting a kind of decent training lows we were used to kind of doing double sessions and stuff mm-hmm. so I've had that previously but still being new to me coming in and having you know a couple of different sessions in one day on the pitch with the team and it's something I've not had obviously in the club environment so yeah as I said that's probably something to, that you know, I've had to get used to and um, you know as you said pre-season is about gaining fitness so it is hard it's hard going and it has been but um, it's also probably more a time now to really, you know, as a new group and new signings to bring everyone together and make sure everyone's very clear on how the team wants to play. So it's also quite tactically emphasised as well. So That's cool. um, there's a lot going on and gel, basically just try to gel everyone together because there's, there's players coming in as well that English isn't their first language. Yeah. So it's about even just bringing players together and making sure they're settled and there's a lot more going on than just running. <laughs> so, yeah. um, aye. But it's a, it's, a, it's a good time to to come in and early and obviously getting a good few weeks in with the team before the league actually starts because that's important to settle. So. 
And I think that's been a good thing. Obviously, over the last couple of years, things have been a bit stop-start and there's been interruptions with COVID and whatnot. It feels as though this year, um, you know, across the board in football, everyone's getting a proper pre-season, um, which, yeah. which seems really good. Has there been anything that Eileen Gleeson's done in pre-season that's a wee bit different and something you've thought, oh, I've not done this before and, and I've, I've noticed a difference in my fitness with, with this? Like, I know, for example, I was, I was speaking to the... Uh, Demi Faulkner and Rosie Slater at Thistle um, a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about just how, how good they've found pre-season obviously they're, they're not full time and uh, there was a good video put up the other day from their media team and doing their yo-yo, you know, their bleep test and things and yeah. they, they they commented on it was great to see the difference between the start of pre-season and then I think it was last night they did the, the bleep test and a lot of them, I think everyone had progressed, which was great to see. Has there been an initiative or something that's really caught your eye uh, so far in pre-season that you felt has made a difference to you? Um, I would say obviously a lot of teams and managers that have different styles of how they run pre-season, but obviously as I mentioned a lot of kind of tactical focus and it basically being a new group, I think a big part for us was obviously again fitness like improve fitness levels and get sharpness back but it's also really kind of you know think about our team and how we've got to play and our methods of playing that's probably been a large focus but with you know a lot of the fitness side of pre-season probably involved with a ball which players obviously like a lot more it's not you know the balls aren't away and we're not doing pitch runs or anything it's um you know it's getting our our fitness up and our energy and stuff from like small side of games and for things that are actually like relatable to the game so I'd probably say that side of it's been more enjoyable that you are getting on the ball and it's it's not um it's not just straight running which isn't enjoyable so yeah I would say that that aspect has been good and it's almost a bit more as players would call it like hidden running or disguised running <laughs> because you are still covering a lot but um you know when the ball's involved it's a lot more enjoyable. Aye and it's, it's for you guys it's about seeing that there's an actual purpose to it as well I think, yeah, I think yeah. traditionally when people were just sent running, it was just about almost punishing people for, for not looking after themselves yeah. over, over the over the holidays. Um, but now it's like, like you say, just straight away you're talking about tactics and there's a reason why we're doing X, Y and Z. So that that must be really helpful for, for you as players. Um, no, that's, that's, that's great to hear. So, Amy, obviously you'll... You actually, I was going to say you've got your own aims and aspirations for your career, but given your early 20s or 21, 22 are you? 22 now, yeah. 22. So you've already fitted a lot in. You've, you've had all that experience at Rangers as, as a youth and then um, obviously playing a lot at Hibs and now the, this move to City. But one thing that really stands out is um, it's, it's been called up for Scotland. Um, that, that must have been a huge thing for you. So first of all, like who, as, as a layperson and someone who is in no danger of becoming any sort of professional sports person. I, I, I'm fascinated by these processes. Like, how, how does that start? Yeah. Does is it, is it your gaffer gives you a heads up that something might be happening, or is it a phone call or a text? Like, how, how does that first sort of notification come about that you might be involved? Well, the first time that um, I had been called up was for the a training camp that was um it wasn't too long after I finished with the, the nineteen Euros. Um where Shelly Kerr was still the manager and um I think it was just it was just a phone call from her but obviously at the time I never had her number saved so it's just an unknown an unknown caller. 
um, on like a random Saturday. Like it's just you'd, you'd expect it to be like a one of these moments where you remember exactly what you're doing. And then, to be fair, I was I was literally just in my bedroom. Like it's just the last thing you'd expect. And, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because a lot of people say as well, like I, I mean, I don't have a save number. I tend to just sometimes I don't answer, but this time thankfully I did. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, it was to it was to basically say that she wanted me to come into uh, a training camp. And then it was a bit of a whirlwind weekend because that was this Saturday. Um, and I think it was a last-minute injury, so it was myself and Jamie Lee at the time that we were both at Hibs. Um, and we played on the Sunday against Hearts, so the day later. Uh, and I basically got in a bit of a challenge near the end of the match and badly hurt Michael. So that was me out and then was meant to go to the camp the next day. Um, so, oh, yeah, wow. I remember that just being a bit like... Obviously, I hadn't really sunk in that I had first of all been in, and then that happened. It was, yeah, it was a bit crazy. And I remember players, some of my team had knew that wasn't, and some didn't know. So at the end of the game, like it was granted at the time that was the manager was saying congrats to to me and Jamie Lee for getting getting the call up. And but obviously, I'm sitting there rising my call, oh. just saying thanks. But who knows if I'll, I'll make it? And I think at the time I knew I was it was quite bad. So. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a crazy weekend, but it's a story to tell. At the yeah, same time. wow. Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah, you're, like what? What is, is there a sort of instant reaction to that? Obviously, you've gone into there's been a heavy challenge straight away. Are you thinking Scotland, or like what? What goes through your head when when that happens? Yeah, I think right away. I think well, I was I was in a, a fair bit of pain, so I think right away I wasn't like processing anything, but I'd went into the changing room and. Obviously, it was quite near the end of the match. So I remember I was in, in the physio bed with the physio and I think it was Joel when Smalley or Rachel Boyle came in and they knew I was obviously involved in the squad and right away they were saying, you'll be fine, you'll be fine for camp, won't you? You'll be fine. Yeah. And I was looking at my ankle, I'd already ballooned up and I was thinking, no, I don't think so. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. But um, thankfully then, the, that would have been in the August, so the following February. Yeah. There was another injury pull-out and I'd obviously recovered by then and uh, she like, called me up again to pin attack up yeah. where we won it. So that was when I actually did eventually make my, my debut. So it was great to obviously get called up again, but obviously not in, you know within a smaller time frame. I had just came back and she'd asked me to come back again and thankfully I was fit enough for that. So <laughs> yeah, that's when I, I came on against Northern Ireland in yeah. that tournament just at the end. So... It was great to, to be back in again because I think the first thing you're scared of is if you get given the chance and you can't you can't go cause of injury you just think oh that's my chance gone like that's yeah. it yeah I, I, and you're, you're straight away thinking I've blown it so it was good to get that so you're coming off the bench did, does Shelley give you a heads up that you might get some game time today or with with a little bit of the game left does she send you for a warm up which is unusual like even with that, how much did you know I'm 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 going to play for Scotland? Like, yeah, I remember the um, the tournament. She she emphasised in almost all the meetings and to the group that it was a chance to play. It was a chance that everyone was going to play. So she she made it clear that everyone would have got their minutes at some point, whether it be like people just making their debuts, like myself, or um, people be getting some game time, some full games, whatever. But. So she made it clear that it probably was going to happen, but I always think to myself, I always like reminding myself, oh, even though she's saying that, you never know what happens in games. At the end of the day, it was a tournament to go win a cup. Like it was only a friendly tournament, but yeah. still what to yeah, but still, still what yeah. to go win it. Um, so yeah, I had in my back of my head that it would just be a bonus if I did play, even though 
we were told so came the last game and I think it was it was kind of near the end of it maybe like 10 minutes to go or just under that and I think it was the assistant at the time Andy had turned and said to me to go get warm and I think I was warming up with I think I came on with Jane Ross or, or it was another player I think it was Jane so he said to us to go get warm so that's when I was like oh uh, it's probably happening now so it was a quick warm up but that was that it was, uh, people always ask me about it because I, I only came on for the last few minutes and I think I, I touched the ball honestly once I think but I could barely remember <laughs> it must have just passed me by like um, in the moment I can barely remember the match but um, nah, it was a great moment and something to look back on it's obviously some, like a big achievement and something that I've, I've always wanted to do um, coming through the youth national teams and stuff so to obviously make that step so early after the 19s was like big for me so yeah oh that's amazing no, I've, like, I've, I've got goosebumps just thinking about that I, I, it's, like, like I said it's, it's just so difficult for someone like me to even comprehend that so you're just saying it's just going in a flash and I, I totally get that so when you've when you've gone to that camp like who are you looking up to there like obviously you, you mentioned Jane Ross who, who at that point was probably down in England I'm thinking at the time um, yeah potentially yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously like a, a big name and then she's come back up the road now but uh, who, who was it that or is, is it because it was all quite close-knit? Were you not that starstruck by anyone? Or was it like you, you come across and, you know... it's even I mean, it's even talking to Shelley Kerr or was Kim Little in that camp or anything and all of a sudden you're thinking, whoa, like, I'm passing the ball to, to this person and you, it's, it's suddenly a moment of, I'm here? Yeah, yeah, I think um, at the start it was obviously a bit strange because... I hadn't been involved before and I, never, well, I hadn't spoke to many of them. I knew a couple of the players and um, a couple from Hibs was away at that time. So I had a couple of my teammates there with Jenna Fife and oh, yeah. uh, Smalley was there too. So I had obviously more familiar faces. But yeah, definitely it was a, it was a strange feeling at the start because you only watch the players on yeah. TV or <laughs> you've went to watch Scotland before. Like You've only really seen them on the pitch. So yeah, it was probably weird to begin with, but I think when she's first start training you kind of just have to well, you almost just naturally just kind of that goes away like you're just part of the team really um, and I feel like you have to kind of go over that because then you won't be yourself or you won't play or train as you should as you should sorry so yeah I think initially it was, it was strange but eventually you kind of get used to things and then maybe when you then come away from the camp and you look back it's, it's weird to think oh like I was you know, just in one of them, you know what I mean? Like, when you when you come back away from it, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you get used to quite quickly, but it's, it still doesn't take away from the experience, obviously. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, like, I, I have this ridiculous thing of, of being starstruck. Like, I, I, I go to lots of football with my kids, but I think in particular when you go and watch Scotland women and at the end of the game, the, the players, it's, it's a great thing about the... The game at that uh, at that level that the players all come over and say hello to the fans and it's selfies and autographs and everything like that yeah. and and we love that and I, there's a running joke in my family that whenever we go to any Scotland games or even um, we're part of Thistle fans so we go to Thistle games Thistle women games as well the kids always want to sit down near the front so they can go and see the players afterwards and as a dad I have to pretend that right fine I'm okay with this but actually I love it, <laughs> it's brilliant because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just great getting close to these people. So you're saying that you, 
ah, you get over it and you get used to this kind of thing. And I, I don't think I would. I think I'd just stand and stare at people. <laughs> um, but that's that's so cool, Amy. And obviously, you're you're still so young and new manager in the Scotland setup and and whatnot. And you're going into that full time professional game now. It, you you must have aspirations to get back in that squad. Yeah, I think that's obviously like a big game for me is to, to be back in and be in more regular camps and I've obviously had good opportunities already since um, the new managers came in and Pedro's called me in a few camps so I've had yeah. some experience being in there and yeah I've just really enjoyed it and it's it's obviously something everybody wants to, to be a part of that's playing in at, you know, at the highest level and um, yeah I think it's just for me just having missed a good chunk of probably the end of last season with injury um, to really just take this opportunity now in pre-season just to get myself as you know back to my best really back to full fitness and you know if I'm playing consistently and I'm playing well then that's that's all I can do but yeah I would absolutely love to to be back in there consistently and you know that's probably my long-term goal is to be a, like a major part of that squad in the future. Great and you said about playing at the highest level Champions League qualifier coming up uh, at Roma you guys have isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just in a couple of weeks. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> I think this is another big kind of uh, incentive to obviously be a part of Glasgow City and um, go and play in that because I had a small experience uh, just when I first moved to Hibs when we went away and played in the qualifying yeah. group and um, we managed to get through but that injury that I'd missed the the first Scotland camp that also overlapped onto the last 32 of the Champions League so it was two big things I ended up missing wow. with that so that um, was obviously a disappointment but um, even just being away in that qualifying group was such a great time and great experience so you know be, just want to be back involved in that and um, you know to be playing somewhere like Roma midweek Peter I think it'll yeah. be um, you know a great experience and uh, a really tough game yeah. uh, but one that we're looking forward to, yeah. No, I bet. And I saw tickets were on sale. Again, really reasonably priced. I think it's £12 for adults, 5 for kids. So I think anyone who's listening, get along to Peter's Hill for some Champions League football. Um, I'd, 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 we're planning on being there. So um, although we're Thistle fans, I think we'll maybe uh, take on board the whole supporting Scottish teams in Europe. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Right, so big move to City, Champions League. Any other major aims for this season, Amy? I think um, personally and as a team it's, it's to go and compete for everything again you know that's what City are about is coming back every year and winning trophies and being up there and um, obviously the main thing is then to try and win back that league after so many in yeah. a row so yeah. um, it's definitely just to get to cup finals win trophies like be competitive in everything that, that we're in and obviously do as much as we can and as well as we can in the Champions League um, so yeah that would that would probably be um, the main thing for myself and the team is is to be competitive and go win trophies because you know as a player that's your number one aim is to go and win things. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting dynamic in in the top league at the moment because obviously you've got a, a number of teams who have went over to full time professional and there's a lot of teams still part time. But even like I said, I would spoken to the girls at Thistle and you know they've seen that and they've moved up to three nights a week training so they're trying to just build up a little bit to, to try and compete as best they can I think there is yeah. a sort of natural split in the league um, but there'll be a lot of people trying to fight for that, that top six slot um, obviously City are, are, are 
you know, very much part of that big three. So I think it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, but when the fixtures came out, did you look straight away for the first Hibs game? <laughs> no, I, I actually didn't. I was, I was obviously just looking at the first, the first league games. Obviously, the one you just want to see who you're playing first. But um, no, I actually, I actually never. But it's, it's interesting to to go and look and see where things line up and where where certain games fall. But um, yeah, as you said, the league's just becoming more competitive the last few years, and yeah. teams obviously becoming professional. But also, as you say. Um, other teams just keep pushing each year to do a little bit more because uh, other other teams are in different situations that they can't provide just as much or they're not going to be at that kind of level in terms of the investment but everyone's doing their bit to, to push it on so you know every game's a hard game and every game matters so it's, it's going to be really exciting again this year Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it even in pre-season there's been a lot of interesting results going about and you see like Celtic for example they've got a lot of young players in their squad um, yeah. they're trying to bring through from the academy Rangers have obviously made a few signings City, like you said, you're part of that there's been a lot of changes there as well so it's going to be a really exciting league this year I think there's a, um, and there's a, a sort of total change in terms of the, the attitude towards um, the, the game particularly in Scotland but I think you look overall in Britain at the moment you see what's happening down south You know, the night we're recording this it's just after the uh, France-Germany semi-final and obviously there's the, the big final on, on Sunday and I was listening to a, a programme well, it was Rose Riley was getting interviewed on the radio and the amount of callers um, who phoned into this radio show just to say that they're, they're actually really proud of the England team because it's just raising the profile of the game throughout the whole country and I think that's that's spot on I think it's a really really exciting time for 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 people to be involved in, in, in the game. And the same is, is up here in Scotland. You see so many players going full-time professional. Kilmarnock have just, I think they've got six full-time players now, which is brilliant. So it's, there's a massive change happening. So you, you probably saw the wee clip with that wee girl. What was her name? Tess. Did you see that wee girl after the England semi-final? Oh, after the game, yeah. And yes. then they, they got her on screen last night. To invite her oh, to, yeah. to Wembley for the final, and the wee girl's reaction was just—I was nearly great watching it. But I think that's just the—that's the power of it. And there's a great saying being going about. I wish I could remember who it was that said it. Um, but um, it might even have been Claire Shine or someone like that who said, "If if, if you can't be it unless you see it." And there's just so much happening with, with women's football at the moment. I think it's a really exciting time. So with that in mind, Amy, and you coming through all these different levels and playing for Scotland at different levels, if there's you know a young player listening to this just now, what's your advice for them? Just to stick in and keep going with it because when I remember when I was maybe even you know, six or seven first getting properly into football and playing with my first boys club, that was as it was, like, that was the only route, really. There was maybe one other girls team that formed in my area um, a couple of years after I started. But um, now, as you say, like, the opportunities now are massive and there's clubs everywhere, there's programmes coming on everywhere, there's chances for girls to play um, in schools as well. So there's so many more kind of doors to be opened for, for girls and... Um, yeah, absolutely. If you love the game and you love playing it, then there's no reason why um, you should stop. Um, certainly now, when you you see girls like we were speaking about, like that little girl and how inspired she is by um, obviously by the Euros and 
it's on BBC, it's on mainstream television now, so it's yeah. everywhere. And um, that's, as you said, that's only going to help grow the game. And girls can watch that and think, well, that could be me. They're not watching men playing, and they're yeah. not thinking, oh, but can girls do that? It's it's really obvious now that there's a clear pathway. So yeah, my advice is really just to stick at it if you love the game and keep going because the opportunities are endless now, and they will continue that way. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's brilliant. Um, I even know from my own point of view, like I've got two boys and a wee girl, and my wee girl's only two, but we we go along to a lot of football, and I posted a, a clip on Twitter of her at the Thistle playing East Fife um, in a pre-season friendly a couple of weeks ago, and she just wouldn't stop screaming. She's only two, she wouldn't stop screaming, come on Thistle, at the sidelines, so I posted it on Twitter, and it got a, a good response, but it just shows you, and like, the, my kid's their big cousin, she's in the Celtic setup, so... It's it's never been weird for them. Like it it, yeah. it it was almost like a weird thing for a girl to play football when I was at school. And I'm just so proud of everything that's happening just now. I think it's wonderful that there's just there's no stigma about it. It's a it's it's as it should be. It's a normal thing, and and girls are being encouraged. And that's all down to you know people like yourself, Amy, who are who are out there and inspiring and keeping going. And you know you've had your injury setbacks and whatnot, but here you are. You're you know. And what it was two weeks today? You're playing Champions League football, um, so yep. it's it's, exactly. it's, 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 <laughs> it's brilliant to see. So listen, I'll thank you so much for your time. We'll hand back to John, um, uh, the Scottish Football Forums podcast. But thank you so much for joining us, Amy, and uh, all the best for the season. Always great to chat. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Uh, thanks, Winnie. And um, we now move on to um, Celtic's perspective. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by their manager, Fran Alonso. Fran, thank you very much for joining us. How are you this evening? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very good, thank you. Uh, we got a good day of training and, and yeah, looking forward uh, to, to the weekend, to the, our debut in the league. Yeah, it's um it's an exciting season in prospect because the league's expanded to twelve um this season. Obviously, um you you and your girls won um you know a couple of trophies last season, so a lot to be excited about coming into the new campaign. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, the the Premier League just just uh, took over uh, the women game as well here in Scotland. So it's going to be the first ever you know Scottish Women Premier League under the new um governing body and it's, it's very it's very very exciting uh, of course as you say last year we managed to win both caps which is a, a fantastic uh, achievement so let, this year we will try to, to if we can we will try to fight for silverware as well and, and hopefully do a little bit better uh, in the league but we might as well start about the, um, talking about the cups because obviously that's the highlight of your season. You know, to get to to win two trophies um, in the in the one season, and both against a team like Glasgow City, who are obviously, um, you know, the, the the women's name of Scottish um, women's football. You know, because they are just um, success comes out of their ears. And for Celtic, this was unprecedented because um, I don't even think they won the Scottish Cup before and they've won two trophies and the way you did the Scottish Cup as well um, with 10 players as well and doing it in extra time with 10 players it's just an incredible achievement for Celtic Yeah, I mean I still I still uh, proud I still happy every time I remember uh, both but especially as you said the Scottish Cup it was an incredible season for us uh, obviously history history was made uh, we won for first time a double 
And for first time, the Scottish Cup. Uh, previous to that, we only won one cup in all our history. It was 11 years ago. So, you know, it's, it's very impressive that we double uh, the titles of our whole history in only one season. Um, very, very good. Uh, especially, obviously, the, the, the way the girls uh, came back from a, from a, a tough decision on us. A, a player sent off uh, and a penalty they scored that was a draw. And then have to play 80 minutes with 10 players and score in an epic way in the, in the last in the last uh, minutes of, of the second half of the extra time is, is unbelievable feeling. Uh, it's probably well, not probably. I, I can tell you uh, so far is is uh, the best the best game uh, in 15 years in football. That's the best game, the best memory I have. So yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic achievement. Uh, but obviously, as, as as we know, football uh, have no memory. So this year we start we start from zero, and we need to we need to make sure we are our best and and try to try to repeat uh, the success that uh, that we have last year. Yeah, I mean, you you, you weren't new to um, these shores when um, when you arrived at Celtic because you were also at Lewis beforehand. But um, it sounds silly what attracted you to Celtic. But bear in mind. As we mentioned, Celtic only won one trophy beforehand and they weren't really a big name in women's football until they decided to also make the name um, go in full time. So what was the main attraction to them to you in terms of coming to Celtic? Uh, so to, to be fair, one of the well, one of the main things is I I already I already was uh, you know I really liked the club before I, when I was at Southampton uh, I got the opportunity to work with so many former Celtic players players uh, with Victor Wanyama, Fraser Forster, uh, Arthur Boruk, uh, Josh Hoybel, um Virgil Van Dijk. So all those guys they they you know. They are go. They were gone, but they still love the club. They still follow follow Celtic. Uh, in that changing room was as well Stephen Davis, um, only uh, Rangers Rangers players. So we used to watch uh, some Glasgow derbies together. And the banter, obviously, we were like a family. But it was great banter, and obviously, I always took Celtic side. So already since then, I I, I felt quite quite good about Celtic. I started to watch the team because before that, I never I never watched Celtic play, um, apart from obviously in the Champions League. Uh, but after that, I started to follow the Scottish League. It was quite uh, quite exciting to watch the Glasgow derbies. And then when the when the opportunity arrived, uh, and then uh, they they told me the, the plans. The plan was to become professional. Uh, so I thought, uh, oh, you know, it's a, it's a great club uh, with a very very good fan base, very passionate. For me, that's very important. I'm a passionate individual, and, and for me, passion is, is is probably the most important thing in football. Um, what attracts me the most. And I thought it just it just uh, is perfect. Um, and yeah, I obviously I don't regret the decision. It's the, one of the best decisions I ever made, and, and I'm still enjoying. I'm here uh, almost three years, and still you know enjoying. Uh, well, I enjoy more than than when I first started. Obviously, we had COVID. We have so many setbacks, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm loving every minute that I sh- I am lucky enough to share the, the the pitch with with the staff we got and with the players we got. So. Yeah, they're looking forward to try to to try to make a little bit more history and try to make more more fans happy and try to convert more people into into the women game. Not only for for uh, Celtic, but also you know in the in the in the Scottish uh, in the Scottish women game, which all the clubs are uh, fighting for the same. You just saw in the, in the European Championship record crowd uh, ever, men or women. Uh, so that's 
the previous two games, Barcelona women as well, are the three games with more crowd this year, all women. So there is definitely a, a, a product there. There is definitely excitement about the women game. And, and I, I really hope this year with this uh, with the Premier League, the Scottish Premier League taking now the, the, the women league, I hope we can see an increase in attendance and increase on, on um, you know, um, yeah, crowds and passion and media and, and everything. You know, we, we have to all contribute to grow the women game. But yeah, um, easy decision and, you know, uh, one of the best decisions I ever made. Yes, it, it's definitely worked out well for you. Um, you had a good first season finishing second league. You weren't far off um, Glasgow City in the league that year. Um, qualified for the Champions League um, qualifying campaign, um, but um, you lost to Levante and FC Minsk. But um, whilst last season was also successful for having two trophies in your cabinet, um, you did finish 17 points behind Rangers in the league and 10 points behind City. And in terms of league games against them, you lost five and drew one. Um, now, I know there were some mitigating circumstances in other games, like one of the games against Glasgow City, you had to play with Jenna Clark and goals because all your goalkeepers just got injured. Um, but it must have been a bit of a disappointment to be that far behind because you've also come to Celtic not just not to finish third, you've come to try and get first or second. Well, first mainly. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually was in, in both games against Glasgow City. In one game, Kaylin Hayes ended up in goal, and in the following game, Kelly Clark ended up in goal. So in both games against Glasgow City, when we were fighting for 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 Champion League, uh, but yeah, I mean, we finished 17, 17 points behind. Uh, for me, it's irrelevant. We finished third. That what matters. Uh, we should we should have tried to, to finish uh, second at least to qualify for Champion League. If we finish two points behind or seventeen points behind, and still finish third. Um, that was the 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 kind of uh, the bad news of the season for a very successful season. I mean, I, I, I think it was obviously the best season in our history, so we have to be all very proud. But we are ambitious, we work hard, and, and we want to, to be closer. Like the year before, we until the last game of the season, we had the possibility of winning the league. And um, that, that got, I would have liked that more. But, but yeah, um, last year, we didn't have the consistency that we needed. We were very good in in both cups we beat rangers in both cups and city in both finals so we have to be the top two teams in the league uh, twice in each cup so we we know we can do it but we didn't have the consistency uh, that they had and that's why they finished ahead of us hopefully we learn a little bit and hopefully this year um with some additions that we have made to the squad we are able to to keep uh, to keep the pace of 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 the top teams and and we are there until until, ideally until the last uh, the last league game with the possibilities of winning the league. Yeah, so, um, as you as you right, so you did beat Rangers in both cups as well, um, as Glasgow City. So you do know you can beat them. It's just also trying to transpire that in the league and try and get that bit more consistency. But a little bit harder because um, as we were discussing before we came on, um, Charlie Wellens forty goals last season. You could be um, looks like you're losing it. Um, what plans are in place to um, try and replace someone like that? Because that's just going to be very hard to replace, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, what we do at Celtic. And, and me personally, I love to do that. You know, we try to, to get the best from every single individual. The season before, we lost the player of the season. Name player of the season, Lisa Robertson, because she got the opportunity in WSL uh, to play at, you know, uh, in one of the best leagues in the world, uh, you know, in a, in a big club with a big salary, etc., etc. So you, you cannot really... Stop uh, a player from from doing a dream move. Um, so in case of obviously Charlie, is is pretty much the same. She scored four goals the previous season, uh, and then she scored forty for us. Uh, she improved in every single aspect: defensively, aerial duels, uh, the pressing, um, assist, every single aspect of a footballer. Every single one it was 
so much better. Um, so obviously, it's a um, it's a player that is now well um, well recognized in Europe. Uh, matter of fact, he finished fifth top goal scorer in Europe, just behind Alexia Putellas. And obviously, many 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 clubs has contacted us, uh, WSL, uh, asking for her. Um, so obviously, nothing has been done yet. But you know, it, it is uh, we are considering the possibility that that she will she will probably go to a um, to a club in in England potentially and. And we will uh, we will work with the players we go and obviously with the recruitment and uh, you know the same way that we managed to replace the player of the season Lisa Robertson the year before and win two trophies we will try to replace Charlie Wellens if she finally goes and we will uh, we will try to either get those goals from one single player which is going to be very difficult because that was an unbelievable season from Charlie or try to try to replace these forty goals between two or three players uh, which is something that we did the year before. Uh, our top goal scorer had only 15 goals, but we still managed to to qualify for Champions League. So, so yeah, we are we are you know we are here to develop players. We are here to uh, I want everyone who come to Celtic to to try to become better player if we can. Sometimes not not work don't work with every single player, but I think with most of the players, you know, they they, they have a, a very very good year or two years or three years. We would love to keep them for longer, of course, but at times you know if they do so so well and they got opportunities in in. Uh, Financially, that we cannot get anywhere near. So then, you know, uh, we will find a, a a deal that can benefit uh, both both parts or three all three parts. What I can say is, if 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 Charlie finally goes, uh, it will be for a it will be for a five figure fee, and therefore that would be invested in in bringing a somebody who can who can contribute to the team. Yeah, that's just um, the downside whenever you get someone who performs that well. They are going to attract interest from bigger leagues, so uh, that's just football and you, you move on. Um, last season, um, one, another highlight you had was um, Celtic Park, 4, 000, uh, just under 4,000 fans, especially that corner of the, um, the Green Brigade. Um, I've noticed that obviously with the Men's World Cup taking place in Qatar um, and Scotland no involvement, this is a great opportunity for Celtic fans and um, etc. to come to Celtic Park again. How much would you love to see, you know, um, fans come getting um, being able to move to Celtic Park for a game and have fans in again? Because um, that must have been amazing last year. It was it was amazing. It was amazing the atmosphere and as you say, it was just below four thousand, but it was it was incredible. We absolutely loved the experience. Um, and we will love it even more. And instead of four, we got like twenty thousand, or, or you know something like yesterday uh, in the in the um, European Cup final. You know, like this type of numbers, the crowd that would be incredible. Um, so yeah, obviously uh, because of the World Cup and, and the women game will carry on. There are also some international breaks uh, where you know um, there is potential for to play to play for for women teams to play in the in the main home grounds. I hope I hope this year. Um, Teams in Scotland got more opportunities. Not only Celtic, but every single club got more opportunities. Several games in the in the home stadium, and I hope the fans. Because at the end of the day, if if the if the clubs open the stadiums and then you know um, two thousand people go, three thousand people go, sometimes it's, you know uh, the cost of of the operation are, are you know. So it's important that 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 uh, fans engage. Uh, for for me. I think you know we are we are so so happy with with the, with the Celtic fan base. Uh, it has been growing since we started work together. It has been growing and growing, and obviously I think that the, the two trophies last year, especially the last one, in the way in the way it happened, I think it really has engaged a lot of people. And uh, so far in the media, there has been a lot of uh, requests of of 
tickets or for, for, for the first league game that we will play against Hibs. So hopefully this year we are going to see a different type of crowds, um, as I say, in the whole women game, but for me, especially at Celtic, uh, and I'm sure it will, be, it will be the case. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few records broken this season. I mean, it's, the, the record for a club game is um, a Hibs Hearts Derby last season at around 6,000, and I think that will be beaten because I think Derby Day um, weekend is um, is around about when the Men's World Cup is taking place. And I suppose we're not interested in the World Cup in Qatar, um, not especially now in Scotland, aren't there? So maybe more people can come along. But coincidentally, you have Hibs this weekend in the opening game, um, and you've taken one of their better players, Amy Gallagher. Um, how much are you looking forward to this opening game? And where's it getting played just so um, we can let the listeners know who might not be aware? So the game will play at Airdrie. So, um, Still Airdrie. Got a, okay. Yeah, a brand, brand new uh, pitch, pitch uh, surface. Uh, so actually it helped us a lot. Uh, last year, at times, you know, the, the ball didn't have the bounce that we wanted and you cannot put the head up because you have to put the head on the ball, the eyes on the ball to just assess the bounce. Sometimes the bounce was a little bit irregular. This year is so much better. So we are quite happy with the playing surface. Uh, we already got the opportunity to play uh, two games and, and you know, we uh, we quite enjoy playing there. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward uh, the, the team as well. We are very, very excited. Uh, I think we, we are uh, strong. Of course, this year we are going to play against, uh, against a different Hibernian team. Um, from last year, they just recruit a lot of players, uh, professional players, some of them who I know very well and, and they're very, very good. So you're going to be a very tough game. Uh, but, you know, that, that's, that's what you want. You want to, to, to face the best teams in the country and you want to make games exciting and, and for the fans and for everyone involved. So, so yeah, looking forward, I really like how the team is playing. I really like how the new players are settling. Um, we will have uh, two or three players announced this week. Um, some of them has been training uh, training for us um, uh, already, but some they will they will get um, this week um, training the team and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting as well for the fans to see some of the of the new faces. Um, so yeah, um, all looking forward and yeah, I really really can't wait till Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be an ex- it's the most exciting um, campaign in the women's game, and that just shows you how much it's going. And finally, just to wrap up, Fran, um, what are the main aims for the season? They, I don't, I don't really want to do the girls the pressure that they, you know, um, last year probably from the beginning we just were mentioning about you know trying to win the league or win. I think we put too much pressure from the beginning, and at times it didn't help us in the season. I think it's important that we focus. Uh, on every single game, I know it's, it's you know it's a cliche, but uh, it is very very important. Where in the cup games, because it's only one game, and if you lose, you are out. We got hundred percent record. Uh, you know, to be fair, in, in we never lost a cup game in the two years we've been. The first one was voided, and, and the second we won every game in both cups. So it's a competition that we really really like, and we think one of the reasons is because we just focus on that game, nothing else, and know about any other opponent or what they do. It's just about our game and try to win the game. So this is probably our goal. Um, try to focus on our game and more focus on our goals is more focused about the individual players and the group in terms of, you know, individual stats and team stats, you know, entrance. Can we have better uh, conversion rate? I think last year we played very good football. I saw the stats from the whole league. We are the highest in, in possession. Uh, we are, I think, the highest or the second highest in chances created, but then our conversion rate wasn't wasn't as good as the other two teams. So can we improve on those on those bits that, that last year probably we got punished from? 
And I think if we manage to do so, I think we are, we are going to have a very good season. But I wouldn't like to put goals in terms of we want to win a trophy, we want to win the league, we want to, because everyone wants to do that. Uh, I think one game at the time and improve, improve individually and improve all these team stats from last year, which we obviously work on it. And, and that's, that's very important. That would be important. So that's our goal. And at the end, most important goal, make 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 our fans happy. If that's in, 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 in you by winning a trophy, if that's by qualifying for Champions League, if that's by beating a record crowd or whatever it might be uh, the reason, but, you know, make, make them happy, make them proud and make them uh, come uh, in bigger numbers to, to, to our game. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. Listen, thank you very much for your time, Fran, and uh, all the best for the new season. And we now hand you over to Dave, who... Um, it's got someone from the new kids in the league, Glasgow Women and Girls. Okay, thanks very much to Andy Garner for joining us from Glasgow Women. Andy, uh, it's been a, a good pre-season for yourself. How's pre-season been in preparation for this season coming, Andy? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, we've just wanted to get to the How congested was preseason for you in the first few weeks? Let's say because you just took over from Kilmarnock and there has been a lot of change and a lot of ideas for you to bed in in a short space of time. You've been uh, coaching at Rangers beforehand, the Rangers Women's FC, and that's probably going to stand you instead because you know what the estimate PR1 is all about. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I was up there in 
um, make sure that we can stabilise stabilise ourselves in the league, and then it's just about making sure that where we can go and pick up points within the season, where we can go and challenge, and, and how many points we can really ramp up in the board. But what we said to the guys was just a clear message from the start, and, uh, and it's the survival. We want to stay in the league, and that's the main aim. And anything that we get from that will be a bonus. Um, but it's a really exciting time for the club because every small step that we take this year will be the very first time that we've done it. It's funny as well, Andy, because it's a it's the unknown for Glasgow. But there's going to be a lot of positivity around the club, understandably so. But there's a lot of unknown to it as well for the girls. Yeah, definitely, and that's where hopefully my Terms of this season upcoming, uh, what have you had to make any changes at all to the to the team? Have, have, you, have you had to change the uh, the philosophy and ideas, or have you kept with the same ideas that Craig Joyce implemented on the on the on the team? season Andy it's, it's not like you have to do too much homework on the opposition either you obviously do your analysis and everyday requirements that comes with a manager but it's not like you've had to look too, too informative into the teams because there's a lot of teams you, you understand and know about already yeah definitely that's what obviously I'm really thankful for my time at Rangers because it's 
Is this season about trying to market Glasgow women both on and off the park, on the park in terms of producing consistent and positive performances, but off the park in terms of the exposure you'll get? Have to say of the SPFL um, uh, move. things been the transfer front for you, Andy? format of the league this year and in the aspect of it's straight into league action it's not league cup down league if you know what I mean I'm here at Peter's Hill and I'm delighted to be joined by Rosie Slater and Demi Faulkner of Plastic Thistle Women's, um, which is fantastic, absolutely delighted to be here. Um, they're uh, hoping that I take a long time with this interview so they don't have to do much training, but Brian Graham's going to give me daggers after a while, so uh, we'll, we'll crack on. First of all, uh, Rosie, how are you? How was your summer? Yeah, good. Um, just kept training and stayed fresh for pre-season start again. And I suppose with that, like, 
for me, like, I'm not a footballer. What do you do during the summer? You, you said you did your own bit of training. What, what did that involve? Yeah, just doing some running and some technical stuff with the ball and just going up to the pitch or doing running or go to the gym, just anything just to keep a little bit of training up. Um, and Demi, is she put you to shame or do you do the same as that? Oh, no, Defo's putting me to shame. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a couple of runs here and there but I uh, took a well-deserved break. <laughs> Not um, But um, trying to make up for it now, so... Well, listen, on, on that, uh, Demi, just talking about well-deserved breaks, like, if there's a player in world football who deserved a break after, <laughs> what, what was it, 100 consecutive games? Yeah, I think it was probably just you. Just over that and then got jinxed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was talking to Chris, who does the media here for Thistle Women earlier, and uh, how there tends to be a bit of a jinx with interviews and things like that. You, you have a brilliant interview with a player and they end up out injured, so that happened with you last season. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> but um, what an achievement. Like, how, I, I realise maybe you weren't quite aware of how close you were to that, and it was Craig and a couple of other yeah, guys who I noticed had, it. I had no idea that it went that far back. Like, I knew that throughout the season just there that I'd played every minute of that game but I didn't realise that even when I was at Stirling it like spanned all the way that far back so it was unbelievable when I found out and credit to the, the guys obviously worked all the way back to find that out for me. And the night it came through, it was the cup win wasn't it? Was it the Hibs yeah, game? Yeah it was yeah. the Hibs game, it was, it was a very good night for everybody. <laughs> yeah, plenty of celebrations I'm oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> That night, I was, again, I was, I was speaking to Chris about just one of the brilliant things um, that, that's happened recently, and I think Covid's had a lot to do with it, actually, is um, we've been able to watch a lot of games, and for like, I'll try and bring the family along as, as, as often as possible to the men's and women's games, but if we can't make it, it's great that there's a stream there, and I watched it that night <laughs> at home, we couldn't make it that night, so I watched it at home, and like the whole living room was going mental, what a game that was, <laughs> it was definitely, I was gutted I wasn't here, because it was just a brilliant game to watch. Yeah, it was entertaining, even just to play in it, it was just constant. And then, uh, like, I always laugh at, uh, I, I'm going to get a nickname wrong, is it Ches, are you called Cheryl McCullough? Ches. Ches. Yeah. <laughs> like, that girl loves a header. Oh, what like, is it? <laughs> When that went in, I was going mental. That was growing. <laughs> so yeah, I, so obviously that big achievement uh, for, for you last year, Demi, and it was a great season overall. Rosie, I was stunned when the, it came out that you were only you only turned eighteen yeah. during that season. I, I I couldn't believe it when that came about. So obviously a, a young player. How's it been fitting in at Thistle? And and obviously you've got experienced players around you. How have you found it? Yeah, I found it good. Um, just got to experience within the team and it just helped me any time that I'm struggling but there's been good times for myself and bad times for myself as well but that's just the learning process of being young and uh, trying to make it in the top league so it's just got to be done. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude to have and obviously you've got that wealth of experience, you've played at um, like schools level for Scotland and everything and um, so you bring your own experience and it will actually be interesting to see with a lot of new faces coming in you're one of the senior pros here, so it's 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 a good person to have around. Um, so, I, I guess like looking just now for pre-season, how's it been for you, Demi? Yeah, it's been tough. Um, <laughs> a lot of running involved in it, but you know that that's the work that needs to be done. You need to have a good level of fitness um, come the season starting, but. Uh, we're starting to get the ball in, involved and stuff like that as well. Um, so we're just trying to prepare ourselves as much as possible for the season coming. How have you found the running, Rosie? Yeah, it has been very intense, but again, it's got to be done and so we can be as fit as possible and ready for the new season just to try and compete for all the teams in the league. I think that's the thing. You, 
with, with the way the league structure's happened now and so many teams going professional or semi-professional, there's, there's like a split in the league already. So you guys, you obviously want to try and get that top half as, 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 as much as possible. So there'll be a lot of um, teams and the girls have been in training intensively full time already. So you've just moved up to three days a week, is that right Demi? Yeah, so we're up to three nights now. Um, where we were just doing two last year, mm -hmm. um, but that's just obviously trying to compete with the teams that have went full time. We need an extra session to try and get ourselves at the same level as them. Um, but it's been good having an extra night in, uh, getting to see the girls a lot more, and obviously working together to try and gel the new girls in as well. I was I was going to say that because it's it's good to have it from a, a work point of view, uh, Rosie, but also getting to know all the others as well. Um, out of the new signings, who's caught your eye in particular? I've got to say Caitlin, she's just loud and she's talks to everyone, so <laughs> <laughs> she's got a bit of banter about her as well, so yeah, I'd say Caitlin. That's brilliant, and obviously with, with key players, like Cara McBrayer leaving is obviously a huge one. Um, have you totally fallen out with her? She's, she's dead to me. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, you're, you're obviously looking at some potential replacements coming in and everything. That's, that's going to be a huge miss. So, like Demi, who, who would you look for? Obviously, Cara was part of well, it was a key player last year, but it was a, a great team effort. I think that's what everybody said who watched this all last year. They thought it was a fantastic team spirit. But in terms of those key players, who do you see shining through this year? It's hard to say. You know, everybody um, puts in a lot of work. Um, I couldn't put one person as being like a standout player. You know, everybody when they're in training or whether it's a game, everybody we've got like a real good togetherness between us. Um, so it'd be hard to pick one specific person. I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're such a, a, like, a knitted team, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Right, so one more thing about last year. Obviously, the way the, the, way the promotion came about was really, really short notice. And it was a remarkable achievement. Staying in the league, OK, the league structure changed, so it wasn't a worry in the end, which must have been a sigh of relief. But it was, it was a brilliant achievement, and obviously the semi-final. Rosie, what was the main highlight for you last year? Cup run was probably yeah. one of the highlights of the year just because I don't think anyone thought we'd get that far and the teams that we played and put out as well I think that was a big positive to take from last season. Yeah, yeah, and that, that day out in Falkirk was, was brilliant <laughs> and it was, it was a brilliant match to watch. I was, I thought it was Neve Farrelly I was talking to about it in one of the previous episodes of this podcast and I think a lot of people have a perception of the women's game not being very physical. <laughs> they should have watched that game because <laughs> it was brutal at the time. Um, but uh, really good to watch. So yeah, I would agree with you on that one. And then Demi, obviously you had your your, your own big achievement, but uh, for you, was there another standout moment? No, nah, I'd agree with Rosie. Probably, you know, that whole cup run, the way that we went about it. Um, obviously, was it two games that we went, took the extra time? I think it was. Yeah. Um, so a lot of tired legs and then obviously putting hips out just topped it off um, but no a great run from everybody but overall like the entire season was a good season for yeah. ourselves and we actually think we could have went higher and we could have had more points um, so. I, it, was a, it was a wee bit funny sometimes the cup run was amazing but it almost got in the way a wee bit of league form as well because like you said there was all these extra times to go through and then um, um, a couple of midweek games and stuff that you had to catch up with and it yeah. got quite brutal at one stage yeah a lot uh, of tired legs come towards the end of the season yeah, <laughs> yeah but listen it was an amazing achievement the, the whole season as you said so looking forward to this season Rosie any first of all any sort of personal aims for you this year 
just again to try and play as many games as possible and maybe try and just get up the pitch a bit more and get more assists, try and score a couple of goals as well. So yeah, yeah that's that's my approach. Brilliant. There was the effort um, in that game through at Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, I was I was gutted, absolutely <laughs> gutted when that game. Like everybody was. <laughs> It was one of those ones that was like, no, don't shoot, oh, shoot! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for you, Demi, anything personal for you this year? Um, just to get back playing, obviously, it was disappointing having the injury towards the end of the season. Um, but I think, um, for me personally, just try and get as many more 90 minutes in as possible. Um, hopefully get a couple more goals this season. Um, you know, being a centre-half, you don't get up very often, so probably make the most of those opportunities when I get them. You need to get used to these memes that Craig put together <laughs> last year. You know? um, so, no, that's brilliant. And then for the team, what, what are you thinking? Is it just get up as high as possible, cup runs? Is there anything that you're thinking about in particular? Uh, Demi? Yeah, I think just, obviously, trying to improve on last season. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully pick up more points than what we did um, and really we want to be aiming for that top six so we'll be working in hard and try and reach that point Nice one Would you agree with that Rosie? Yeah I just think the same just try and get as many points as possible and try and finish the season quite good again so Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, the girls have just started running, <laughs> so I think we better leave it there. But thank you so much for your, for your time this evening, and uh, yeah, um, we'll see you Sunday for the first uh, pre season game against East Fife. By the time this goes out, the season will be uh, nearly upon us, so we'll just look forward to the rest of this pre season. But thank you very much, girls. Thank you, thank you very much. Cheers, and I'll hand you back to John. Thank you, Benny. And now we um, look at the Dundee United camp. Um, New, new girls to the SWPL1 setup, and I'm delighted to be joined by their manager, Graeme Hart. Graeme, thank you very much for coming on Scottish Football Forums podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's um, obviously an exciting time for um, you and your girls. Um, and, you know, f- for you, um, a year ago, um, you were initially putting in his interim um, when Gavin Beath left United to go to Aberdeen almost left you in lurch a little bit but you stepped in then became permanent manager in September and it was a pretty successful season shall we say um, tw- 21 wins out of 24 matches and just um, the one loss all season what a, um, that's how you get promoted Yeah the girl, to be fair it was it was all down to the girls and their hard work so um, kind of made my life pretty easy to be fair so they done all the hard work and and really successful season, so it was it was a fantastic year, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly was, and you you obviously just missed out the year before because um, you finished fourth in um, SWPL two, and little did you know that third place ended up getting promoted because of the sad demise of fourth performance. And Partick got that place, and you missed out by a point. How much did missing out on those promotion places? Um, Gave you you girls a kick up the backside to you know really make sure you got it this um, last season. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it maybe. I, I think the girls, the league table doesn't lie, but I think the girls it just gave them that wee bit of drive and and we wanted to to get promoted on merit and, and go and actually go and win the league and and deserve to be to be where we are and hopefully obviously with with winning the league and. Uh, been as successful as we were last year. I think we've earned our place and then earned the right to go and compete at the, at the top level. Yeah, you certainly um, did. Well, I mean, I say tw- twenty-one victories and the league was won with some like eight games to spare, um, and you only dropped what seven points the full season. Um, it was a little bit of a disappointment that you didn't quite reach the um, 
unbeaten record for the season that you had that loss to Burnham Muirley on who were obviously going for promotion at the same as you girls had obviously won the league yeah obviously at the start of the season it wasn't wasn't something we particularly set out to achieve to win the league we, in that league we didn't we didn't expect to go the whole season unbeaten we felt we could go and go and win the league obviously but um, to be, go and be that that successful and, and win the league that early was obviously um, a massive credit to the girls and, and how well they done and it was kind of tough because obviously winning the league a wee bit early you, you kind of it's hard because it's easy to say you shouldn't let, lose the focus and lose the drive and determination to, to go and remain unbeaten but when when you achieve your main objective for the season of to win the league and get promoted, it's uh, the girls never once turned up and didn't want to win a game. They never once turned up the training and lowered their standards. It's just sometimes in football things happen and natural. Um, Burnham Muir had something to play for, um, and obviously on the on the day they just turned up and they had that bit of fight and bit of dig that we had throughout the course of the season and just on that day, and Burramure are a good side, so um, throughout the course of the season, there was games that we could easily drop points in, and the girls found ways of winning, so it wasn't a case of playing ceiling and easy the whole season, um, and that was just one game that we did drop points in, um, but there was other games that we could have, and the girls found a way of winning. Yeah, well, it was the only game out of 24 that you lost, and um, as I say, there was 21 victories in there, which is just a terrific record, and um, uh, when you got the trophy, it was a special night, um, not just because you got the trophy um, and not just because you won um, because it was, uh, against Johnson, because um, you always want to win when you get the trophy, but you played at Tannadice for the first time, well, first time I know of, um, in front of a record crowd of 726 people. Just um, describe what that night was like, you know, the whole occasion and, um, you know, getting the trophy in front um, at Tannadice. Yeah, I think it was the second time they'd played at Tannadice. I think they'd done it championship. Yeah, I think they'd done it about four years, five years before that, uh, when they won championship north. So, uh, but first time, first time for me, and first time for a lot of the girls. So it was, um, it was a special night um, to get so many people there, and there was a lot of other stuff happening that night. Uh, I think Champions League semi final was on, and there was a lot of other things. So to get to get that many people turning up uh, was fantastic, and. Obviously, going to win the game was a massive, uh, a massive bonus as well. Um, but I just, I think it was really good for the girls and their sort of hard work over the course of the season, and it was a sort of icing on the cake, if you like, um, to go and finish with with a, a sort of game, game of that magnitude on on such a good venue. And obviously, last season we saw a lot, of, a lot of clubs opening up their stadiums and. Running record crowds themselves. You also saw um, the two Edinburgh teams had like five, six thousand at their games. Hearts have for the derby matches. You guys, you girls had seven hundred twenty-six your game. And next season, there's obviously going to be the hope that there's more opportunities to play in, in, in the stadiums. And there's, I know you're probably not looking too far ahead beyond the first game of the season, but there is a fixture where you're playing Aberdeen um, in November, where it's a weekend of derby um, fixtures during which the men's te- the men's uh, Premier League is switched off because of the World Cup, so there must be hope that that 7-2-6 might be beaten that day, given the fact that, you know, the United Men's aren't playing, so there's an opportunity to go see see the girls whilst the, there's a World Cup on, that there's no interest from a Scottish perspective, unfortunately. Yeah, to be fair, it's really something, um, I've not obviously thought about that or whatever, so it's something that potentially, hopefully, we can go to the club about, and the club have obviously supported us and 
impact as um, as well. So um, I'm I'm sure they'll be looking at doing doing a, another game at Tanadice this season. Um, hopefully, from my point of view, uh, I can push and get a wee bit more and maybe get two. But again, that's out with my control. But the club, are, I'm sure, will be certainly looking at that anyway. Yeah, I also mentioned Aberdeen because they won um, the league the year before and they had a, pr- a pretty decent season finishing fifth in the league. Um, do you um, look at them as a, a sort of benchmark to say, well, this is what we can potentially aim for or is the aim simply just making sure you avoid the bottom two first and foremost and then take it from there because it is your first time in this at this level? Yeah, we, we're just going up and the aim is to stay in the league. Um we we're under no illusions how how strong and how how good other teams in the league are and right from top right through to bottom uh, everyone that's in the league have uh, got top quality players and, and and top top coaches throughout so it's going to be a real challenge for us and a real um, it's going to be really tough but uh, we we feel we can go up and, and compete and, and challenge and do well um, but yeah we're just looking to go up and, and get as many points on the board as we can and and stay in the league and. Once we do that objective, we'll then maybe reevaluate and look elsewhere. Um, but that that might not happen. But the goal is to obviously stay in the league. Yeah. And what um, what challenges do you see? Um, you know, for um, making that step up. Obviously, there's, you know, the the Glasgow three being, um, you know, way way out in front of everyone else. And Hibs are um, ambitious. They've went full time this season. Uh, but in terms of you girls, you know, what kind of challenges do you think are going to be in place other than um, just obviously coming up against better quality every week. I, I think it'll be. I, I think there'll be a, a lot of games where decided by the odd goal. Um, I think you'll need a bit of luck in there, but I also think you earn that luck as well by how hard you work and fitness levels, and you really need to put shifts in and, and work really really hard. And at this level of football, sometimes it can be uh, a, a break of the ball or or a decision. Um, whatever it may be, I think you just need to really work as hard as you can, and and see where it takes you. Um, if that that's if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, then you obviously go back to the drawing board and you you evaluate and and you do your anal uh, analysing and find out why and and try and fix it, the problems. And that opening day, um, the the fixture you are looking forward to the most, uh, Motherwell. Um, you know, a team who've been there or thereabouts in, the, in SWPL win, um last few seasons probably a team that you're aiming to be at that kind of level um, as you learn about the league what can you um, what kind of challenge do you expect from Open Day because Paul Brown and Leanne Crichton are doing a very good job at that club I think yeah we actually played them in our first pre-season game so um, <laughs> typical that we played them and we'd arranged the friendly and then the fixtures come out and we've got them first game of the season so um so, so we we do know a wee bit about them. Um, they obviously know a wee bit about us as well. So it's kind of same same both ways. But um, now nah, they've they've went about their business brilliantly in the last two or three years since, since Paul's came in, and then they obviously brought Leanne in as well. And um, the fantastic structure and set up there, and they've got some top top quality players. So um, it's going to be a very very difficult opening day and a very very challenging one. Um, but with home advantage, hopefully we can make use of that and hopefully get a positive result um, from that aspect. But, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough. And you've seen how successful they were last year and and doing well in the league. And they probably are the, a team that 
we see the sort of benchmark if we can get to around about that level, we would be pretty happy. Yeah, definitely. It should be an interesting game. And um, for those who don't know, where did Dundee United play their home games um, this season? So it's looking like Gussie Park, um, which is obviously just across from Tannadice. There, um, we're just waiting on a couple of things getting confirmed with that. Um, with, with development of the phase two being being granted and stuff, I think they're waiting on um, a couple of a couple of different rulings and whatever. So, so it's not actually officially been um, confirmed yet. But that that's looking like the venue. I think they're waiting on dispensation for uh, the seating rule, I, I believe. Um, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, and um, you know who are, who are the main players? Um, I, think, I mean, obviously you're going to um, say that every one of your players is important, but who are the who are the main ones to look out for? Um, for those who are un- unaware of um, what Dundee United have been doing. Um, yeah, that's that's a difficult question from a coach's point of view. Obviously, I think <laughs> if you if you look at last season, you probably look, look through the sort of spine of the team. Um, that that we've kind of kept and then we've brought in a few new faces that will be getting unveiled over the next week as well but uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of sort of uh, singling out certain individuals so um, I suppose people just need to come along to games and find out for themselves that will probably be the best way of doing it but we do have a really good bunch and, and there's certain players that in that group and you've even got down to we've got a 16 year old at the moment um, that played about 20 odd games last year and She's a massive, massive prospect for us as well, and um, yeah. So, so we've not only got the experience in there of players uh, that have won awards. We had two players, I think, one player a month last year. Uh, I played a month award last year. We had a player at one SWPL two player of the year, and then obviously players. Um, we had one player that had international recognition as well, and um, just come injured as well. So, we have got some good players in there, but again, it's probably for the the fans and, and other people to pick out their, their favourites or their star players. I like how you're playing it close to your chest so you don't give the game away to any potential scouts, etc. <laughs> and, uh, and get people on well played. Um, and uh, the final question, Graham, I know we've probably touched on that a little bit. What are the aims for Dundee United this season? The main aim that we're looking for is obviously, yes, stay in the league, but I, I want to see us being competitive in, in every game. Um, and, and whether that's you're playing... Rangers a champions from last year or you're playing uh, the team that came up with us uh, for me I want to see us competing competing in every game and, and trying to be in every game with 20 minutes to go 15-20 minutes to go and if you're in in games with a chance whether it's 1-0 down 1-0 up 0-0 1-0 whatever the scoreline may be but I, I want to be going into the final stages of games with an opportunity to either pick up points uh, win games draw games or potentially try and sneak something uh, but I think that's going to be the main aim obviously after staying in the league is, is try and be as competitive in every game as we can um, we don't want to be coming away from games having lost at half time or 60 minutes the game's gone so that that's one of our main aims yeah, So that sounds um, like a, a simple but um, achievable aim for Dundee United this season at the minimum if you can achieve that then anything above that's a bonus so Listen, Graham, thank you very much for your time and good luck um, for the season. And um, that's uh, the end of part one of our um, SWPL1 preview of um, the new season. And join us soon for part two.